Shout out to Clarity for supporting this episode and providing us with the samples. I've been battling allergies for years now. Let me tell you, they've been a real ordeal in my life. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available release sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, gang? Welcome to The Greatness Machine. I'm your host, Darius Mershazdeh. I'm so pumped to have you here with me. Now, listen, The Greatness Machine, we're about two things. Number one, people who are living their passions. And number two, those who are creating greatness in the world and doing both of these things despite the odds against them. Each episode, we're going to feature interviews with game changers, business leaders, you know, telling us their origin stories, what made them tick, what got them to where they are now. Why? So it can help you step into your greatness within your life, your business, and your career. Occasionally, you might hear a few solo episodes from myself, moi, as I say, as I leverage my 20 years of entrepreneurship as a CEO and founder to help you grow and level up in your journey to scale your life and your business. So come be a fly on the wall, enjoy the conversation, and I'm stoked to have you here with me. Guys, welcome to The Greatness Machine. I'm your host, Darius Machazde, and boy, do we have a special guest for you today, my man, Justin Donald. Welcome to the show, brother. Thanks. I'm so glad to be here. This is so fun, and what a great way to kick it off. I, I wasn't sure uh, if I got to pick the song or if you picked the song, and I was like, ooh, do I pick a really tough one or, you know, so I actually had a lineup, and I was like, I could stump them if I want to, maybe, but oh, man. I had some, no, I, I had some I, easy I, ones, too. I, 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 pick, I pick the music. It's my show. <laughs> That's good. That's smart move. Yeah. No, you know what? I was like, what song should I do for Justin? And I'm like, let me go look up his count. His, uh, you know, when you when you sign up for the show, I'm like, oh, his number one core value is freedom. Done. So we so we went there, man. Um, let's hey guys, welcome to the greatest stream. I'm your host, Darius from Shaza. Those of you that have watched the show, you know that we're about two things: people who are living their passions and those who are creating greatness in the world. My friend Justin is both creating greatness and and he's living his passions, and I'm so pumped to have him here today. Justin, uh, welcome to the show. Do you mind if I do a little bit of housekeeping and then we'll jump right in? Please do. That'd be great. Awesome. Guys, um, look, we're live. So uh, those of you guys that are old pros to the greatness machine, you know we're live. Ask us questions. Start a watch party. Hit the like button. Hit the love button. Hit the dollar sign button. Hit whatever button you want, but just hit some buttons. Um, we're going to be diving, going deep here. Um, and yeah, don't be shy. I, I, I've been so pumped about having Justin here on the show. Uh, we I, I did a quick live stream with him last week, and it was me gushing about what we're going to be talking about. Uh, I did on his show, we talked about his book and, 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 and on my show, we're going to talk about his book. So we're going to be talking about his book, uh, The Lifestyle Investor. We'll be going there in just a second. But before we go there, Justin, you mind if I give a little bit of backstory about how I met you? Sure. So our, our former guest, John Rulin, is a mutual friend of both Justin and mine. They met many moons ago and, uh, and both Justin and I are transplants here in Austin, Texas. So we moved to Austin, and uh, and 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 John says, "Hey, you got to meet my buddy Justin." And I'm like, "All right, cool." So he lines it up, and we we come in and hit it off right away. We're both writing books, we're both into money, <laughs> and 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 we're both into into like trying to do some cool stuff. I mean, the fact that your number one core value is freedom. I mean, that says it all right there, right? So so we end up connecting. It turns out we had the same book launch team. I mean, actually, you know, she was already I was she was already launching your book, and I was considering having Amber Vilhar launch my book. Um, and and so yeah, man, we were kind of like, whoa, I like what you're doing. I like what you're doing. And here we are, man. So I'm I'm really pumped to have you on the show, brother. 
Oh, I'm so glad to be here. And I'm so glad John introduced us. And, you know, just it, it was meant to be because we've just had so many follow up conversations where we're on the same page and we speak the same language and we have, you know, so many of the same goals in life, whether it be family goals or personal goals or business goals or investing goals. And so uh, it, it's just been fun seeing your superpowers in action and being able to learn from you. And uh, it, it's been a blast, man. Yeah, yeah I mean, you're, just, no, you're an I'm, awesome guy. Likewise, brother, and I'm so excited. Tomorrow is the big day. I want to give your formal bio. Can I give your formal bio? Sure, go cool? for it. All right, I'm going to pull it up. I always read it. So guys, Entrepreneur Magazine calls my friend Justin Donald the Warren Buffett of lifestyle investing. That is, I, when I first read this, I was like, damn, Justin is the master of low risk cash flow investing, specializing in simplifying complex financial strategies, structuring deals, and disciplined investment systems that consistently produce profitable results. He consults and advises entrepreneurs and executives on lifestyle investing. He's a podcast host, and he has his book, The Lifestyle Investor, The Ten Commandments of Cash Flow Investing for Passive Income and Financial Freedom. And guys, it launches tomorrow. So you got to get out there and buy this book. I'm telling you right now, I'm almost done with it. And it has been like every night, my wife's a little jealous. <laughs> Your book and I go to bed together. <laughs> I love it. I well, love like, it. Are I you reading that book again? I'm like, leave me alone, babe. I'm I don't want her mad at phone. me. What's that? I don't want her mad at me. No, 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 no. She's she's cool. <laughs> She'll be mad at me though. But uh, man, dude, listen, I love it, man. Like, so your book's going live tomorrow. How are you feeling, man? Yeah, you know, it's such an interesting thing uh, to kind of be out in the world and um, exposed and vulnerable. Uh, so, you know, in, in some regards, it's it's really cool and really exciting. And I've been working hard for this. And then part of me is like, wow, people are going to know a whole lot about me. Uh, so, you know, that, that's an interesting thing to, to be vulnerable and share. Because, I mean, even in this book, I talk about uh, mistakes that I've made and one of yeah. my biggest mistakes ever. So, um, yeah, but it, I mean, overall, it's just such a cool experience to write a book and I feel, um, you know, it's, it's just a privilege to have the space to be able to do it. Yeah. You, you, um, and darn, did you write a book? I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you, okay. So when, when I wrote my book and I don't know if you, if you, if you heard this, but a, a friend of mine, Tucker Max said, you got to earn their attention one page at a time. Did mm. you ever hear that? I haven't. That's a great one. I love it. Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't know it, but I took it into account when I was writing the book. And what's funny is you you'll read a lot of books sometimes of people that don't take that into account, right? And it's it's one of those things where you're like, I have friends that do this. I read their books. I'm like, oh, this no offense to the friends I'm talking about right now. I'm like, but their books are not that interesting, right? Like I'm I'm in the intro and I'm like, this book is hard to read, right? And they've not earned my attention one page at a time. So I was really careful about that. And I will tell you, brother, you earned the attention one page at a time and did a killer job. I've, I've been crushing your book and I, I'm on like page 146 right now out of 200. And it is one of those things where I'm like, I, I, I wrote a review. I said, move over Rich Dad Poor Dad. This is a life changer like this book. So huge congratulations. I'm so pumped for your book. And and I just can't, you know, I can't believe today's the day, man. We met, I think, back in June. And here we are seven months later, and you're getting ready for launch. So tell us a little bit, if you don't mind, maybe tell the audience a little bit about your background and a little bit about what the book's about. And, and we'll start with that. Sure. Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for the kind words and for being willing to get into it. I, I'm, you know, it's it's flattering. It's humbling to hear your praise because I do hope that that's the experience that people have, but I realize not everyone is necessarily going to have that experience. And just based on sheer, you know, data and numbers, I mean, most people aren't going to get, most people don't open it and the ones that do only get so far. So uh, I love where you are in it. And I love the conversations that we've been able to have because of it, mm -hmm. uh, especially, you know, velocity of money and different things. Yeah. And so, you know, we can get into all kinds of fun stuff, but um Thank you. It, it, it means a lot. And the goal is to have impact, you know. So having having this book out there is I, I want to help people in the way that they process and think about investing and living life and the value that they put on their time. And so you want to know a little bit more of my backstory. Uh, so I have worked in 
you know, some sort of a capacity, whether it be sales or whether it be entrepreneurship for most of my life. Um, you know, as a college student, I sold Cutco and that's how I paid my way through college. And that's how I met our mutual friend, John Rulin. Right. Um, and, and, you know, many others, you know, Hal Elrod and John Vroman and Tim Nikolai, a lot of people, you know, in, in our group and in our dad's group, uh, front row dads. And so it, to me, um, I, I just always learned that there was a way that you could kind of scale based on effort and based on maybe even leverage of people and technology. But I didn't really think about how you could scale uh, with capital, right? right. That, that one wasn't as near to me at that point in time. And so, you know, I really began my path uh, in an entrepreneurial role. And um, I did that for years. And I have started uh, a couple of different companies or several different companies. And uh, I like playing the role of kind of like getting it started, but I don't I don't want to be in the day to day, especially not today. And at one point early on in my career, I was putting in some crazy hours, Darius. Mm. I mean, and, and you're no stranger to this. Uh, you know, any entrepreneur is no stranger to this. But I mean, I was putting in hours that were like, you know, 18 hours a day, some yeah. days even more, just crazy hours. And people are like, what? How can you even work that much? And I'm like, you don't even understand. Yeah. Like, I'm not even scratching the surface. I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I got the same thing, you know. <laughs> uh, but I knew in that moment I was young. I had good energy, but I didn't want that long term. I didn't want that when I had a family. And so I began thinking at an early age, how to um, really leverage my time and the influence that I have and really how to scale myself out. So how do you scale a business while removing yourself? And so I learned how to create systems. And it was a pivotal time in my life where I read the four-hour work week. And I was right. like, four hours for the week? Man, yeah. I can't even get the four hours for the day, you know? <laughs> uh, but it was so good because it got me to think like, okay, how do I systematize stuff? How do I create, you know, a, a different process here that doesn't involve me? How do I empower other people to do some of the things I'm doing? And actually, what are the things that I'm doing that are the highest paying work? Right. And what am I wasting my time doing that other people should be doing? Right. And so that experience really helped me to be able to scale and build a big business that did did well uh, in every category without me kind of, you know, pressing the pedal to the gas each day. And because of that experience, I've had the, the luxury and pleasure of coaching and advising a lot of entrepreneurs as they build and scale their company. And so uh, that has been wonderful. But I had like a, uh, a turning point in my life where uh, I was reading the book Cash Flow Quadrant by Robert Kiyosaki. Yeah. Still probably, I mean, today I would tell you it's the most impactful book I've ever read. I mean, that that had ripples on me. Yeah. Uh, and, and I didn't even know to the extent, but I remember reading where I was like, okay, so I've made the shift from employee to uh, self-employed. Right. And then I remember thinking, oh, yeah, I'm a business owner. So I've made the shift from business owner uh, or from self-employed to business owner. Right. And uh, and that's like another side of the equation. So you've got one side of the equation that pays the most in taxes and that's uh, employee self-employed. And then the other side, you've got, uh, you know, the quadrant, you've got a business owner and investor. And I remember reading that and I'm like, holy cow, I'm not a business owner. I am still uh, an entrepreneur. I'm, I'm like a self-employed entrepreneur because right. if I left for a year, my business would fall apart. Right. But I was thinking, hey, I got this business. So in some regards, it was great to think like an entrepreneur and feel like I'm an entrepreneur because I was. You're, you're being a sole proprietor or, or you know, self-employed, like you're you're still an entrepreneur. You might be a sole member entrepreneur, or you might have a small team entrepreneurship. But I just saw like, whoa, I'm not doing this at the level, at the scale that can be done without any of my time. So I'm doing less time, but it's not no time or little time. And then it was like, okay, well, there is a way that you can move. And in my mind, this may not be it because different people are wired different ways. But to me, it was like, oh, I want to graduate to investor. I don't want to run a business. I want to invest in businesses. I want to invest in entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And that was a huge revelation that like, wow, I'm running a business right now. I thought I wanted to be a business owner. 
I actually don't think I want to be a business owner. I'm glad that I am. I'm glad I know how to do it. But I actually want to invest in businesses. I don't want to be on the hook day in and day out. I'd rather just be able to influence the results and have my capital work for me. Right. And so that was really like the first step where I started investing in companies and entrepreneurs and, and going beyond just the consulting world of like helping them scale to the investment world of actually let me invest in you because I believe in this concept. I believe in you as an entrepreneur. And I also have some some expertise that I can lend to help de-risk this investment, you know, in my eyes. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. In the world of successful partnerships, names like Procter & Gamble, Ben & Jerry, and supply and demand echo through business history. But when it comes to growing your business, who are the perfect partners? That's you and Shopify. <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. We're talking from launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, did we hit a million dollar order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling shipping supplies or promoting productivity programs, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Picture this, a time when my business was facing a tough hurdle and I wasn't sure how to break through. But then came the breakthrough moment, a game changer that took my business to the next level. You know, what I absolutely adore about Shopify is its unparalleled ability to adapt and grow with your ambitions. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklyn and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 75 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Darius, all lowercase. That's D-A-R-I-U-S. Go to shopify.com slash Darius now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Darius. Shout out to Clarity for supporting this episode and providing us with the samples. Hey there, friends. It's Darius Mishazda here, and I have a little confession to make. You see, I've been battling allergies for years now. And let me tell you, they've been a real ordeal in my life. Allergies have been my constant companion. They stop me from fully enjoying the little things in life. From canceling plans with friends because of sudden allergy attack to missing out on an outdoor activity because of the sneezing fits. Allergies have been a real nuisance. Luckily, for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing and a runny nose, itchy watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I've been a Claritin D user for many, many years now, and let me tell you, it's made a world of difference. Since I started using Claritin D, my symptoms have improved dramatically. Now I can breathe easier, enjoy outdoor activities without worrying about sneezing fits, and truly live my life without being held back by allergies. Ready to live as if you don't have allergies, it's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter now. You don't even need a prescription. Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear uses directed. Wow. So how long how long ago did you make that leap? And it's an interesting leap because you kind of jumped from like the soul i mean I, I get that you were building a business within a system right so it was a really entrepreneur it's it's an entrepreneurial endeavor but to your point if you're like hey i'm not showing up anymore would that have really worked right and the answer is maybe maybe not depending on what type of deal you had structured there so you so you went from you kind of skipped the uh, skipped a, a, a beat right you jumped yeah. to, straight to investor which is very unusual but um and by the way that i read that book when i was 22 um, it was after I lost my first business. I lost $100,000 in this business I had. Uh, and I locked myself in my bedroom and read books for four months. And I read all, all <laughs> the Rich Dad, Poor Dad and Cashflow Quadrants. Like, unbelievable. If you haven't read that book, people, that's like, that's like, there's like Think and Grow Rich and Cashflow Quadrant. And there's a few others, but there's these books that are like, you have to read those books just to understand the mindset of wealthiness. So, totally. 
Yeah. And both of those are in my resources in my book uh, as, you know, two of the 25 books I recommend. I mean, th those are two mm -hmm. incredible books. Totally. And so, so yeah, so I, I've, I, I, I was on that book club. <laughs> I, <laughs> you love I read those books when we're like 20. Um, I love it. So, what's funny is you read them and then a lot of people just don't do anything with them. I mean, I've broken a lot of those rules over life and you kind of learn as time goes on. So, um, so when did you really make that first leap into investor? How long ago was that? Well, I should also say that during this meantime, I was investing. So even while I was working, running a business, I knew that I had, I, I wanted to have this strategy where I could get my way, you know, I, I could have my passive income equal uh, at least what it cost me to live and ideally what I was earning, because then it would make it really easy to transition out. You know, knowing mm -hmm. what I know today, I don't think I needed to wait that long. Uh, and it was amazing the abundant opportunities that really showed up. And, you know, what time does when you buy your time back, it's amazing what happens and what you fill your time with and the space that you have to think and process stuff. So, you know, while I was, you know, running a business, I'm investing in real estate and I'm buying, you know, I've got rental units that are cash flowing. Well, at a certain point, I had more in cash flow than what I was earning uh, in the business. And so I was like, okay, well, now it's probably time to move on. And so, mm -hmm. uh, and so I did. I remember some of my friends were like, you are crazy. You are, you're leaving. You could earn twice as much if you just keep doing that. And I'm like, you don't understand. My goal is not to earn more money. My goal is to buy my time back. Yeah. And once I have my time, then I can spend it the way that I want. And that is way more valuable to me than X amount more dollars. You're you're such a you're such a um, wise soul because I think what most people and I and I say this like because I I literally do the same thing. I'm like I want to go make more, go make more. But and it's it, and, and 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 I have a coach who I'm working with who said the champions all all know the idea around restraint. So the champions, the, those who win are those that master the skill of restraint, right? So I love that you essentially did that. You knew you had your target out there and then you were you didn't get caught up in the noise of, which everyone does this, right? Or almost everyone, clearly you didn't, um, where you're like, I'm making twice as much money as I was before. What if I make double on both sides, right? You actually prioritize the value of those assets, Right, because in one hand you had a, a business that was worth something, but it well there was an expense associated, which was the expense of time. Yep. On the other hand, you had an asset that required less time or no time that paid a certain amount of money. And so, what I love about that, what really just struck me is, you did the one thing most people can't do, which was you said, "Hmm, here's my balance sheet." Asset over here, business that creates this. There's a liability associated with that business. And then there's this thing that I get to buy back, which I don't get, which is more time, which is our most depleting asset. You want to talk about store of wealth. <laughs> time is your store of wealth, right? That's right. And so that's your most... By the way, people, think about this. If you had a trillion dollars, notice I didn't say billion. I went straight to trillion. You got a trillion dollars. Guess what's the one thing you can't buy? Justin? Time. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Trillion dollars. You're a trillionaire. And you can't buy more of it. So anyway, carry on. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you make such great points. And I feel like I had good, um, a great peer group, good role models and, and mentors that I at least saw what they were doing. I, you know, for me, I just paid attention to people that had the lifestyle that I wanted. And so that was kind of the, the common denominator is that they had their time. And, you know, it's funny, I worked so hard to get my income to the place where it equaled what I was earning, it actually exceeded what I was earning. But I felt comfortable leaving because I'm like, all right, my family's not going to be put out. Our lifestyle is not going to change. You know, I did this the responsible way. But what was really interesting is once I had time, there were all these different opportunities and my brain just started working and going on autopilot. And it, it was so easy to solve for the, the income thing. So even if I had left early and had been able to, to create that time, 
um, I would have been able to take care of our family just fine. So it, it was kind of just a limiting belief in my mind that I had to do that. But I, I'm happy that it worked that way. It ended up being, you know, a great path. And um, I'm confident I could have, have, you know, made this transition a lot faster. But the path that I took has really been a great resource for me in helping other people, giving them the option. You know, when I teach, you know, my, my team, my, you know, mastermind, my community, uh, I've got a lot of private clients that I, I work with. And um, I, I, my goal is to educate them on how to do this. And so the goal is to not have your time be producing income, but your assets producing income. So if you can have assets or capital that produces income and you can spend your time however you want, then you can do whatever you want. So right. you can focus on where you're most passionate and where your natural gifts are, whether that's what you're, most people, um, I would say they don't spend time, they're, they're not working a job that is necessarily highlighting their uh, greatest gifts. You know, yeah. I, I just didn't want to be a slave anymore. I didn't want to be a slave to a job, to a business, to security, um, I just didn't want to a lifestyle. I just didn't want to be a slave. And what's interesting, it's like a lot of people do this. I, I'm a, I'm a perfect example of, of someone who does this. You leave like one thing to start a business. Cause you're like, Oh, I'm going to have way more autonomy here and freedom. And this is the way to do it. But then you end up becoming a slave to that. Uh, and, and if you're not careful, you end up working more hours. But then you have this uh, this tricky thing in there, which is, hey, if you work harder, you can earn more. So then it conditions work ethic, which that's good. But if you're not careful with the boundaries, then work ethic becomes the most important thing. And you just work and work and work and work for accumulation's sake. And I just didn't want that. And by the way, that it's not that... Um, I want to make this really clear. My natural default is probably that, right? So it's it's easy for me to work hard. It's hard for me to be disciplined to not work too many hours and to make sure that I'm giving my family the time that they need and, and deserve, but also that I have the right energy for them, right? I can't just show up drained. So that, you know, I, you know, sometimes it's, it's really interesting because I, I tell people like parenting, um, that doesn't come as natural to me as business comes to me. Right. Like I got to work a lot harder at the parenting thing than I got to work at the business thing. So it's almost easier to default in the business thing because I'm already good there. Right. And just little tweaks can you know help me grow so much better. Um, and, and so I got to be careful. I got to be intentional because it would be easy to default over here. Well, let's not default. Let's be intentional and, and spend time over here. So to me, it's just important to be proactive and create a life by design versus a life by autopilot. You know, oh. this thing happened. Let me react to it. This problem. Let me react to it. Mm -hmm. I'd rather say, hey, let me create some space. Let's create a technology free zone. Let me figure out what it is that I want and let me be intentional towards what that looks like. So I'm living life on my terms, not just by what happens when I'm not intentional. Right. And so one of the things that you I read in your book that I, I, I loved and I love the way I mean, this is kind of a compliment to the book as a whole is it, is it really makes this complex, scary world of investing on your own, because a lot of your stuff is around real estate and private equity and this is people betting on their own abilities to find deals or working in a mastermind group like yours. But, but having, you have to have that mindset that like, I can, I don't need a financial advisor to feed me the feed me deal, uh, their, their deals. Right. Mm -hmm. Which there's, well, that's a whole can of worms. We'll open up in a minute here. Um, but the first thing that struck me about your book that I'd love for you to talk about, and you already touched on it a, a little bit ago is this idea of replacing your minimum income, right? Like it wasn't about replacing it. And like when I first read it, I was like, because it's a kind of a big elephant to bite off or someone's making call it 80 grand a year and they don't have a lot of assets and they're trying to solve for 80 grand, right? They're like, I got to go earn 80 grand. I mean, especially right now, let's say you're buying real estate at, and, and they're not good at finding deals the way maybe you are and they're getting a 5% return on their investment. They're like, okay, 80 grand, that's like, what is that? Is that like, that's, that, that's like 3%, right? Something like that. I, I'm picking a big yeah. number. Maybe I'm off by that. But, but the point is, is that 
it's a couple million dollars of real estate, right? And they're like, I don't have a couple million dollars. So how am I supposed to replace 80 grand to get to my minimum viable income or to get to my income, current income? And what the one thing you said that was like, when you said it, you said, great, I want to replace my income. But before I did that, I actually calculated what is the absolute minimum I need to live off of if I was like, you know, you know, having like the belt tight as possible. And I want to replace that first. Do you, do you mind walking us through that? Yeah, sure. So I, I, I love that you uh, clued in on that because it is uh, intimidating to be like, all right, let me replace what I earn. That's intimidating. Like that's a big jump. Yeah. And if you're looking at the big number as your annual number, that's that's big. But what if you break it down and you say, hey, let's just look at this uh, like a business. You know, if you look at a business, so what's really important is that you have a profit and loss. And uh, a lot of people stop there, you know, or maybe you have your balance sheet as well. But what most people, I think, don't give enough time and attention to is the importance of cash flow, your cash flow mm -hmm. statement. And so to me, that is the most important thing because your P&L can say one thing and that's good for accounting purposes. But for real life, day to day, your cash flow statement is everything like everything. that's what you live and die by. So um, so that's the way it is in life, like personally, but people don't kind of dial that down into their personal world. So um, so instead of looking at it like an annual, like I earn this much or our expenses are this much, what is it per month? Because that gives you the understanding of cash flow. And if you're just doing the bare minimum of what it costs you to live. So so this is not lifestyle. This is like rent or mortgage. Uh, this is utilities. This is food, not eating out. This is just like, let's just have yeah. food, right? Let's just survive. You know, whatever your basic bare minimum stuff, maybe you have a car and you have to drive. So you got a car payment. So whatever the worst case uh, scenario is for you to survive, think about this as like uh, disability insurance, right? Except that you're, you know, you, you can buy an asset that produces this income that doesn't right. Uh, end and it appreciates and you can get it even when you're not disabled, you know? So it's, it's oh. like, you know, disability on steroids, but that to me is it. Like, what if something happened to you and you couldn't work? If right. all your expenses are covered, you don't have to have a flashy life. You can just be fine figuring out what's next because you can make your mortgage payment and you can feed your family, you know? So totally. that is why that's important to me. And that's why it's the first step. And I'm telling you, there's a just pure joy and uh, like the, the the feeling that you get, the the liberating feeling that exists when you check off that box is unbelievable because then you don't have to work. Yeah, and that's a, it's a it's, game changer. It was when I read that in your book, it, 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 like like obviously building an income to support your lifestyle through passive investments, like it's a big statement and it's a big it's a big like destination to want to get to. And then to be able to expand that lifestyle based off of the expansion of assets. Hey, where do I sign up for that? Like that part, anyone that like listens to you or reads the, you know, about you in the, in the media, they're going to pick that up. I think the average person is, did, is not approaching it the way you are, which is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, buddy, slow your roll. You'll get there someday. But before you get there, let's pretend like you're eating beans and rice and living in your apartment. What's the minimum that you got to earn to support that? And then what I love that you took next was then we start to chip away at building the ideal lifestyle through acquisition of assets. And one of the things that you said in your book, which I was like, I did this, by the way, once. So I appreciated when you said it, which was, oh, I want to buy a new car, right? Well, what most people do is they go and they get a loan to go buy the car. And then they buy the car and then they have a liability that is a depreciating asset. Anyone that has ever bought a car knows that they don't generally go up in value. They go down in value. So now you have a debt against a depreciating asset. And at the end of that debt, you have maybe a little bit of equity left and you got, and then pretty much the useful life of those cars goes away and you go get another one. And by the way, then you're on a little treadmill. I love that treadmill, but um, that's, that's, a, <laughs> that's, that's another situation. Your approach, which was, whoa, I don't want to do that. I'm going to go buy an asset that's going to produce $600 a month of free cash flow. And I'm going to take that $600 of free cash flow. And I'm going to go buy a car with that. Now I got an appreciating asset that's actually paying for my car. And by the way, there's a guy I heard yesterday and I'm blanking on his name. He's a big real estate guy. And he said he did the same thing to buy a Ferrari. <laughs> that's that's how he cool. bought his Ferraris. Was he's like, I didn't buy a Ferrari. 11 years I grinded. And then I bought assets that paid for my Ferrari payments. 
So I, I thought of you right away. This is last That's night awesome. in the clubhouse when I heard this. And I was like, oh, it's a total Justin Donald move. But yeah, do you mind talking about that? Yeah, I love hearing that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, the goal, the, the, so the whole goal here is let's not get rid of what could be your principal that you earn interest on or that you you get your cash flow from. Let's put it into something. So right now you've got the Fed printing money like no one's business, right? I just read an article that 40% of the dollars in the US were just created in the last seven to eight months. So think about that for just a moment. Like almost half of the money that exists in our world was just printed. So if you think inflation's only 3%, like they're telling you, uh, you might want to reconsider that. Steel, so, steel, Jesus. Yeah. So the value of the dollar is going down, hence inflation, right? Inflation only exists. I was talking to someone and they're like, um, you know, well, you know, we were talking about inflation and they didn't understand what it was. They're just like, oh yeah, prices go up. And I said, no, prices go up because more money's printed. So it makes the dollar less. So prices of things have to be more. So it, right. if we weren't printing money, we wouldn't have inflation. So that that's an important concept. But if we're, if we're printing a lot of money, one of the best hedges to having your dollars devalued, because if you're just saving, you're losing money. If you're investing but not getting a return that equals um, the fees that you have or the volatility or um, the inflation that exists, you're losing money. But one thing I do know to kind of hedge that is to buy an asset because as monetary supply expands, assets expand. Right. And so that's just a nice way to kind of lock in gains that your your income is going to grow as more money is being printed. So I think that's really important. And so if I can buy an asset that's going to appreciate, but then kick off cash flow mm -hmm. uh, and I can use that cash flow to fund the things that I want. I can feel a lot better about getting them because now what's paying for it is not money that I could, you know, I'm not, um, I'm not eroding what I should be earning money to live on. I've got that. And that's why I'm getting this new vehicle and I'm adding an extra asset that produces the cash flow. It's just a one-time distribution. And I yeah. say the same thing about different investments. If you're going to invest in something risky, uh, do it off of cash flow because then it's just a one month, you know, you know, outflow of cash, but you didn't actually lose. You're not investing that whole asset on it. You're just investing a portion of the cash flow on it. Yeah, that 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 was. I thought that was so smart and such a a great way to think about how am I paying for my stuff, right? Because I think the game's rigged, right? Mm -hmm. and, and I mean, I mean, as you, I mean, the more I went in your book, I was just, I mean. Like our brains are so connected. I'm like, God, Justin did such a great job of basically writing exactly what I think. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thank you. You know, and, and I and I just kind of have landed on some of this stuff organically where I'm like, oh, I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to take the money I was going to get on a car loan or, or I'm going to go get a car loan, but I'm going to go take the money and, and I'm going to invest it in this asset and arbitrage it and then pay for my car with some of the returns. So I, I did that a few years ago with my wife's car. And then I read your thing. I'm like, oh, I did that. But, um, you know, again, intuitively landing there. One of the other things I really loved about the book, there's a few major concepts that some of it's, some of it's like, you know, higher level. Like I can tell it's like, it's, it's one of the reasons people are running to join your groups because it is harder. I could see how people would be like, I don't know how to do that. Right. And, and you're going to need some extra hand holding. But some of the stuff was like super obvious that the average person who is financially illiterate gets crushed on. And so I'd love for you to talk about this idea of real rate of return versus average rate of return. Because when I read that, I was like, oh, that I'm going to curse right now. Oh, those MFers. Like, I hate when they do that. And by the way, what he does, like, I, I'm, do you mind if I just give a little a little something to you? on? on oh, yeah. Okay. Go so, for it. So every, so probably nine out of 10 financial advisors are going to hate Justin um, because he's going to make them be like, and rightfully so, screw them. Like, Fuck those people. They they need to do better by their clients, and you're just a person that's calling them out on their bullshit. And so, and there's some good financial advisors. Though. There's great. There's tons of fiduciaries, as we talk. You talk about in your book. You go deep into fiduciaries. There are some amazing fiduciaries, but there's a lot of scumbags who are just out there trying to collect fees 
in the name of doing good by their clients. And so one of the things that you talked about was average rate of return versus real rate of return. Everyone that's that's listening to this show right now, open your ears up because you're about to learn something that most of you probably don't know. So this one is is really troubling to me. And this one is uh, really, you know, a systemic, like institutional, high level, you know, this is the 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 conventional financial services world where numbers are shown based on average returns, not based on actual returns. So an average rate of return, you might have, let's say it's up 10% one year, it's uh, up 3% another year, it's down 4% another year, you know, it's up 2%, it's down 8%. Well, what an average rate of return is you average all those numbers together and you get an average number. And, and then whatever that number is, you, you know, can calculate whatever return you think you got. And it's, and it's much more generous than what the actual return is. Right. Because if you actually take the drops as they happen, uh, you lose money that, so for example, like let's say you, uh, you know, er- earlier this year, for example, the stock market took a, a big hit, you know, back in, in March, April, you know, it, it was like, you know, 30% down, right? Yeah, I, I sold I sold at the bottom, just so you know. Nice. Yeah, it's awesome. I cashed out on uh, March 12th. Wow. Yes, it was amazing. It was it was really impressive. <laughs> I, my logic was, oh, I'm just giving back all my shit from last year. So <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, you know what? It was fine. I like, I didn't, I, I didn't, I was like, where is this going? <laughs> I'm like, I, I'm like, I'll take, I'll give back my 28% from 2019 happily to de-risk at this moment because this yep. may go down another 30% from here. Yep. Yeah. And you don't know. And that, you know, it's, it's scary being creatures of emotion. You got to be careful there. But like in that instance, you felt compelled to sell. A lot of people sold, right? Um, and so let's say that you didn't sell and you stayed in and then it went back up 30%. So it went down 30%, up 30%. So you're like, oh yeah, I'm even. But you're not. That Your average rate of return is 0%. If you went down 30% and then back up 30%, you lost money. You know, so so people don't don't often look at that math. And so this to me is a big smoke screen where people don't know what's really happening. And that to me is the big issue. Like I want to know what's my I don't care about an average rate of return because that's not a it's not real dollars like that. That is just a made up thing to make your numbers not look as bad in tough times. And it's incentivizes you to put maybe more in than you would based on the fact that you think you're going to make more than you do. So I just want the education to be, hey, what was my actual return? All right. What did it yield? Like how much money did I put in and how much money do I have today? And what's that percentage? Because that's an actual return. And then what's the actual dollar amount? Okay, that's an actual dollar return. Those are the returns that I care about. And when you do your own math, you'll see that the numbers aren't as good as they look. And often the numbers are quoted even before fees um, as well. Mm-hmm. And then we, of course, need to include other things like uh, inflation into it as well. But I mean, th- this is just, you know, it's it was eye opening for me because I had a high, I mean, I had a positive high average rate of return. But when I did the math and I looked at all the numbers, I'm like, what on earth? I actually lost money. Like, how did I lose money with a positive average rate of return? And that mm-hmm. was really when this whole journey started to begin where I'm like, I've got to figure this out because this isn't working. Like if I thought I was making money and I, I mean, based on the numbers, like anyone would have thought they were making money, right? 7% average rate of return. I mean, who wouldn't think they're making money? And then I didn't make money. So that was really a tough pill to swallow. and. But it was also a catalyst for me. So I'm, I'm thankful for that moment. I just really want to educate people about just what really is going on. Yeah, it's funny. I just ran some numbers and I said, if you took a 50% drop, if I give you 10 bucks and you took a 50%, I just want to illustrate this for the audience. If I gave Justin, I'm, I'm your financial advisor and I'm your sugar daddy. I gave you 10 bucks. <laughs> I said, I'm going to get you, Justin, I'm going to get you the best return. Check this out. I'm going to give you, hear me out, negative 50% return year one, 
positive 25% return in year two, positive 25% return in year three, positive 25% return in year four. The average of that, just so we are all on the same page, is a positive 6.75%. But those 10 bucks at the end of four years is $9.76. $9.76 on a positive, an average rate of return of six plus percent. So that goes to show you because Warren Buffett's the, the king of this. He's like, listen, you're like, you, when you lose money, you got to earn twice as much to make it back, right? And that's not even clear. We're even talking about taxes and stuff like that. Ta when you start include, when I when you take like losses on like from a post tax loss, and then you make pre tax money, oh, forget about it, right? Yeah, and let's take it one step further. If you so it's not even if you lose money, you got to work twice as hard to make it back. If you lose half your money, you have to work twice as hard to make it back. Half, yeah, half. I mean, that, that's a big difference. So, like, you make an investment, you lose half of it, you got to work twice as hard to make it back. Yeah. If you lose all of it, you've got to work, uh, you know, twice that, right? Yeah, it's it's it, it because what people don't realize is how much money how much money do you have to make? Let's say you save ten percent per year post tax. So let's say for every hundred bucks you make, ten dollars goes in the piggy bank. So, it, and let's say you lose that hundred, and you t you have a hundred bucks. It took you ten years to save up a hundred bucks, and you go invest that hundred bucks. You got to go work ten more years to make another hundred bucks. So it's really hard to to make back those losses. That's why I think you, what I love about your book is this perspective around protecting investments. This perspective around cash flow investing, and this perspective around not being smokescreened by your investor investment people, because there's a lot of people out there giving bad advice. There's a lot of people only looking out for numero uno, and 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 I love a lot of the principles you're talking about in the book around: Do they have skin into the game? Are their incentives aligned with me? Do they make money when I lose money? That one was I was like, tells yeah, like <laughs> you like call it like you see it. But let's talk about cash flow because. The Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments of Cash Flow is the subtitle of the book. I want you. I want you. Let's go cash flow crazy. I want to hear more about that. Sure. Well, I love cash flow because that is real money that I can use today. I can fund my lifestyle. So to me, cash flow equals quality of life. And once you have a certain amount of cash flow, so you know we talk first about getting your bare minimum. Then next is your lifestyle. But after that, you've got a couple options. You've got, you know, you, you can either, you know, move towards what's the ideal life that you want to have uh, and, and start buying assets to produce that type of cash flow. Um, or, you know, there, there's other things that you can do as well. So like your overage, your surplus over your lifestyle can be used to create a better lifestyle. It could also be used to fund more investments that create more cash flow that can ultimately increase your lifestyle. So it's it's interesting. Um, you know, you, you want to figure out what that, you know, threshold is. And for everyone, there's a certain amount of money that when you make it, anything more doesn't really move the needle. So it's like, why work so hard when you don't need more money? Like, I don't want my time to be spent doing that. But I do want to have the opportunity to do good in the world. You know, for me, it's not about buying stuff. I like experiences and I like impact. And so, as I'm able to earn more, uh, it gives me more opportunities of what I can do with that for the people that you know I care about and for the organizations that I care about. Um, but your cash flow really is what buys you freedom. You know, it buys you lifestyle, it buys you time, it buys you all the things that you want. Most people, you know, they're so focused on trying to earn more, um, but really, it's earn the income that you don't have to put any time into. Yeah. That is the game changer. And then once your time is free, imagine what life looks like when you can spend it with whoever you want to spend it with. You can travel wherever you want to travel. You can uh, do whatever it is that fills you up that you're most passionate about, you know, that you, you can have your life be devoted to purpose. Or maybe it's the thing that you've wanted to do and you've been scared to do uh, because you've got a safe, secure job right now. So, uh, I think that the shakeup this year with the pandemic is a great indicator that I don't know that there's a whole lot of like safe, secure jobs. So no. if that's the thing people are holding on to, I'd encourage them to, to you know, not do something just based on that because uh, no, that it, limits the variety that creates excitement. 
I, yeah, and I, I love where you're going with that. It's that it's and, and depending on what it is that gets you gets you excited, it's 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 give yourself that optionality to choose the life you want to live, right? Like, listen, for all we know, we're we're going to get snuffed out of this planet, you know, rock, off this rock sooner than later, and hopefully it's the later. But we, we all listen. There's two certainties in this world, and one I know you hate, and the other one you probably don't like either: Ta- death and taxes, right? Right. So, we know that th- those two are inevitable, but so why why not maximize your time on this, this earth and give yourself the most optionality? And to your point, you got to create that freedom for yourself through cash flow. And I love that because a lot of businesses do the same thing. They'll sit there, oh, I made all this money. I'm like, well, let me see your cash flow. It's like, oh, cash flow is brutal, right? Cash flow will snuff you out quick, right? It will choke you out if you don't have that oxygen. So yep. I love that perspective. Um, one thing I want to say though, is that I think a lot of people might get intimidated around what you're saying right now because, you know, hey, Justin, I get it. You're like this fancy schmancy, you know, total investor guy. And, you know, I get that, that you, you know, and I read your book and you got all these invisible deals and you got all this, this cool stuff and you're investing in orange theories and, 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 and all that stuff sounds great. But like, I'm, I can barely pay my credit cards. And, and let's just say I did get some money. I can't lose it. So, what was, if you were talking to someone that maybe didn't have your confidence or savviness around investing and they wanted something that they could wrap their head around from a cash flow investing standpoint that was like, this is not hard to understand. I can go do this. And thanks, Justin. I'm going to go do this 100 times over if I can. What would be the one asset you would tell them to maybe consider? It's a great question. I mean, the first thing I do is I'd say even before that, surround yourself with with smart uh, people that are living life the way that you want to, even if it's just one notch higher or better, um, you know, because your peer group really matters and having people that can help you make decisions in the financial space when you're unsure. I think that right there is probably the best first step. Uh, and then, you know, the next best step uh, or, or a good step, obviously, I mean, what I'm sharing is what has worked for me and what I've done and what I've uh, coached and helped others to do. Uh, and so, you know, I don't want it to be misconstrued as financial advice, but I love sharing what has worked. So, you know, to me, like, you know, investing in real estate always made sense to me because, you can put much less down than the cost of the asset and you can use other people's money, um, a bank or other investors to buy it. And there's intrinsic value. If you buy an asset in a good market at a good price, and there are people that can help you do both of those, find a good market, find a good price, it's hard to lose money. Um, it really is. And and so if you, and you can model out what the cash flow is going to look like, but to me, that is a good place to start um, because you get some tax deductions for that. You mm. get a chance to really see how it's working. You know, if you're talking about much less that you can't buy your own deeded property, then I think you invest in other groups that um, do that are doing this. Where, like, let's say that you want to learn how to do real estate. Uh, well, maybe it makes sense for you to invest in a syndication or. Uh, in you know one of these crowdfunding uh, type of operations, as long as again it's a good deal, but you can put as little in as you want. But you're part of it. You're learning it. Once your money's exposed, you'll be amazed at how much you can learn uh, about it. So I mean, those are a, a couple of options, and I mean, there's tons of other stuff out there. You can you can get involved in funds as well because those are less risky, especially if it's like a senior secured uh, credit fund or debt fund uh, where everything's collateralized you know, by more than the loan amount and you're in first position because you're a senior debt uh, holder. So there's lots of ways you can do it, but I think the way that you might get the most ahead is getting equity in something uh, with cash flow at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. And again, man. that can be done on your own, or it can be done with a with a group. Yeah, you don't and have to put that whole bill. To your point, today's it's so much easier to invest now than ever before. You can fractionally get into real estate by just doing some homework. There's sites like Fundrise and some of these other sites that 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 are pretty well diligence. They spend a lot of time doing the diligence on the properties. There's there. I like um, you know obviously you're doing a lot of cool stuff. So listening to thought leaders like yourself. 
uh, Financial Samurai is a cool uh, newsletter where he, where he teaches a lot in there. I like that one for people that are maybe a little bit less confident um, that want to learn. But to your point, and the investment might even just be investing in your knowledge to start with. You know, do you mind touching on that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I think that's huge. It, it's chapter 10 or it's commandment 10 in my book, uh, which is every dollar gets uh, invested. And, and the whole point of that is the education side of it is an investment and it's learning from people that are wiser and smarter. I mean, I love podcasts for this reason, because I can listen to people that, you know, know things that I wouldn't be able to just go meet, but I can listen to what they say. I mean, that's the reason I started my podcast, the, the Lifestyle Investor Podcast, is because I have a lot that I want to be able to share and just put out there and, and people can, you know, learn it. And so I like being a fly on the wall in other people's rooms, you know, so, so podcasts are just amazing to me. Uh, books are amazing to me, you know, um, and, and so like finding mentors, getting into business groups, uh, getting into, you know, masterminds or communities where you have extended time uh, and you develop some good relationships. I mean, that's huge. And then investing in the right uh, advisors, finding people that are smarter than you that play the game, whatever theirs is at the highest level. I think it's really important to have a tax advisor. Uh, generally, this is going to be someone different than your CPA, but it could be inside the same operation. So for me, mm -hmm. I have a tax advisor. I've got a CPA. Um, I've got an attorney. I've got several different attorneys, depending on what the thing is. But I've got my go-to attorney. I've got my real estate attorney. I've got my contract attorney. Um, and, and that can be built over time. I started with just one attorney, you know, and then I think having someone that focuses on estate planning at a certain point, I mean, at, at a bare minimum, you know, having, you know, a, a will in place uh, to avoid probate, if anything happens, uh, mm -hmm. I think that that's imperative. But at a certain point, when your assets uh, become large enough, it makes sense to, you know, really get a trust or a better different type of structure than a will. Um, so for sure. So let me ask you, uh, I want to ask you one question. We're winding towards the end of the hour here. But um, so you got 10 commandments. Which of those commandments is your favorite commandment of investing? Oh, man. That's not <laughs> even a fair question. <laughs> I mean, I love them all. They're all special to me. It's like, how do you pick your favorite child? You know, <laughs> each child is special. Uh, you know, so, um, you know, what I will say is that I listed commandment one uh, first, which is lifestyle first. Because that to me is the name of the game. You know, the book is not uh, the investor's lifestyle. You know, it's the lifestyle investor. It's putting lifestyle before anything else. And by the way, to me, lifestyle is relationships. You know, it's people. Mm -hmm. It's being able to spend time with people and in the things that you're most excited about. And when you have that lifestyle and you create freedom of time, you can get your health to the place that your health needs to be. Let's talk that from you know a physical standpoint to an emotional standpoint to an intellectual standpoint. I mean, the list goes on and on. But to me, that's most important. And for a lot of people, they've got a business that maybe they don't want to sell yet or they don't want to exit, and but they don't have the time to do anything. So they need a lifestyle investment, something that isn't going to cost their time, but also buys them time, right? right. They're getting a return without putting time into it. So I think, you know, that's massively important. We've hit on a bunch of other ones that that we've talked about, which is cash flow immediately. Uh, you talked about invisible deals. I mean, that's one of them. Um, you, another one that to me is a big one, which, you know, you and I talked offline on this about the velocity of money, Yeah. Uh, but it's getting your initial principal back quickly. That to me is really important. Like I don't want my money locked up for 10 years, 20 years. That doesn't work, uh, especially because I'm not going to know the outcome of the investment for that long. Like it may not work. I don't want to know that it took 20 years to find out that it didn't work. You know, right. I would much rather have like shorter terms, like a one year, two year type of term on my investments so that I know if it worked out or didn't. And I'm getting my money back out as quickly as I can to repurpose it into another investment. Yeah. I love it, man. Well, boo. <laughs> big time. I love this dude. Tomorrow. The big day. Guys, let's stream across where all the stuff about the book right now. My, my team, if you don't mind doing that. And Justin, why don't we talk a little bit about book launch tomorrow? We'll get it wrapped up here and tell people where can they get the book? What's happening this week? By the way, guys, 
book launch week is the week. This is when we like you support your authors because it all this is where they make the list. This is where they get hype. If you're gonna support someone, do it during book launch week. Then and I know you have some incentives and stuff to to get people motivated. So why don't we talk a little bit about what you're throwing out there for the supporters and what's happening during book launch week and uh, where they can find you. Yeah, sure. So anyone can find me, uh, you know, at justindonald.com. Uh, if you go forward slash free book, you have an opportunity to, to get a, a book for free plus shipping. Um, you know, you, you certainly have other options on there and I've got a bunch of, you know, there's a bunch of cool free stuff. There's a bunch of other perks, tons of different things on there that you can find out from, you know, online course to masterclass to mastermind, to, uh, kind of high level private coaching for, you know, those that are running a monster company or just had a really big exit. Um, and I really only work with four people a year now. I, I decreased last year from six down this year to four. Uh, and so, you know, really most of my time is is spent with the people that uh, are the hungriest and most excited from the standpoint of, of coaching and mastermind. So there's a pretty stringent application process, but at a bare minimum, all like the, the book is just... Uh, this is my passion project, uh, and it really started because I wanted to chronicle all that I know uh, in case anything ever happened to me that my daughter would be able to just know these lessons. And so that's really the genesis of the book, and it has expanded to you know helping a lot of other people along the way. A lot of people have been part of of reading it in various stages, and a lot of people that I've coached have been you know part of you know the the test work on what content was in it. Uh, and so that's pretty neat. But all the profits and, and proceeds from the book are going to go to charity, uh, regardless of where you buy it from. And uh, it's going to, so this first wave for the launch is going to go to Love Justice International, which uh, stops uh, human trafficking, which is something I'm really passionate about. And uh, and and all the proceeds forever are going to go to uh, charity of some sort. And so I've got a bunch that I'm, I'm partnered with, that I'm working with, that I really believe in. Um, and, and so that, you know, to me, that's really important. So if you go to justindonald.com, uh, forward slash, you know, you had one on there. Uh, so for the, the launch week, the book won't actually be free on the free book one. And then after that, uh, it will be again, I think it's redirected to, to Amazon and, you know, uh, Amazon's a funny thing. So, uh, I'm just looking for, you know, impact and helping people. And so uh, if you feel that the book was a good help, I'd love uh, you to share that. Yeah, guys, go out there. And for those of my friends that know me, they know I always recommend books. and I, I rarely read them. I know it's, it's sad. Leaders are readers, but I, I tend to like read in like big, like I'll read like book, like five books at once and I won't read for a while. Um, and and I, your book's been but it's been my bed. It's been my bed, buddy. We've been reading together. Uh, so, guys, great book, amazing mind shift around how to think about your investing and really think about the most important asset you have, which is your your time and your lifestyle. So, how can you get get there faster, better, and quicker, and in a more efficient and effective way? Lifestyle investor uh, is is the book that's going to teach you that. I highly, highly, highly recommend you go out there and grab a copy of it. Um, and man, such a pleasure having you on the show. I'm so pumped for book launch week for you. I would see you tomorrow on your on your live stream and give you some high fives. But brother, congratulations on the book. Thanks, Darius. And thanks for, uh, number one, just being such a great supporter, fan, cheerleader, friend. Uh, you really, you know, you're inspiring on so many levels. And the fact that you're taking the time to dig into this book and for us to be able to have this fun, thoughtful conversation here, but even just, you know, privately has been awesome. And I'm so excited about the future in 2021. And I'm so pleased to have you celebrating this launch with me. So thank you for um, your friendship and your support and uh, really all that you do. I'm, I'm incredibly blown away and impressed by everything you've done thank you. with, uh, you know, the core value equation and the greatness machine and just all the cool things that you have, your brand and the people that I've met through you uh, and, and some of these deals that we're going to be doing together and our investment club together. You know, it, it's awesome. Thank you, brother. Well, guys, so much gratitude here. Check out the book, support Justin, 
get online, buy the book, support the book launch, uh, check out the podcast. You have so many great people on there. And man, we'll see you tomorrow. Uh, we'll be doing his book launch. So come visit, uh, promote the book to your networks, people, if you're hearing about this. And uh, let's let's get more people, some more of the most valuable asset that they need in their life, which is time for them to build better communities and families. And that's precisely what your book's doing. So I appreciate you very much. Uh, thank you so much for being on the show. Guys, with that said, um, we're going to get wrapped up here. Uh, we got Rick Gerard on Wednesday uh, from Higher Power Podcast. He's going to be on here talking about core values and jobs. I know we're talking about not having a job right now. He's going to talk about hiring people for jobs. Um, but uh, we got, yeah, we got some action-packed week. Um, if you guys love the show, go and follow us on YouTube. Um, please go to therealdarius.com. Sign up for updates. We, we don't spam. We only give value. And yeah, if you love my book, The Core Value Equation, please go give us a review and check out justindonald.com. Put all the links in the um, comment section. And if you're uh, listening and not on uh, Facebook, go to www.justindonald.com and support my friend here. My man, Justin, love you. Appreciate you so much. Stay on. We're going to get off and chat for a second, but peace out, my brother. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you for the And let people know you're going to be on my podcast here in two weeks. That's right. I am. Guys, got to listen to me when I'm on his podcast and when I'm not on his podcast. He's got some amazing guests. So I'm looking forward to We just keep hanging out. We got drunk and drank some great wine together. Maybe we didn't get drunk. We got got a little tipsy. but um, We definitely had some amazing wine and a great time. (laughs) Some awesome cheese with it too. Yeah, it's true. No, I had to drive home, so I sobered up. But it was it was amazing. Um, so yeah, guys, uh, we'll be hearing more about Justin, uh, and I'll keep everyone up to date. And with that said, guys, we'll see you later. Peace out. We love you. You are listening to the Greatness Machine, and that's a wrap for today. Listen, if you love what you heard, subscribe to the show on whatever podcast platform that you're tuning in on. So that you don't miss any of our future episodes, we have tons of great people coming on and we're, we're stoked to have you here to enjoy it with us. Leave us a review. Tell us what you love most about this particular episode. We love getting the reviews. We love to see what you guys love most. And if this particular episode you know, made you think of someone who's leveling up in their business and in their life, print screen, share it with them. Leaders are the best givers. And after all, we're all here to support and grow with each other. And in case you want to see some of the fun behind the scenes shots or some of the things that we're doing, I'm actually writing about this in my weekly newsletter. Go to www.therealdarius.com and subscribe to my newsletter. We're talking about fun things like business and life and mindfulness and cryptocurrencies and gosh, I don't even know everything and anything, but it's tons of fun stuff I write about. I try to get it out on a weekly basis. You can subscribe at www.therealdarius.com. And with that said, look, thank you guys so much. I appreciate you. I love you. Peace. We're out of here. See you guys on the next one. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you wanna learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox or wherever you listen to your podcasts.